Welcome to Bottoms on Top. I'm John. And I'm Andreas. And it's episode two. Woohoo! Um, Andreas, what you been up to? Uh, so, um, not much, but like I went to um, Texas last weekend for a gay, well, a queer marketing conference. Where in Texas? In Dallas. It was mm. also Dallas Pride that weekend. How was the conference? It was good. It was like um, nice to see like a lot of like, you know, like companies being like, hey, we love LGBT people. But at the same time, like, it's also a little weird, like when you really sit down and think about it. But the best thing about it is obviously meeting more like queer people, like, you know, just like from different places and different schools. It's always a good time. It was all like college aged. Yeah, all college aged. So most of them were like sophomores or like juniors or seniors. Gotcha. Yeah. What was, uh, I feel like you told me something one of the companies did. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to, like, call this out. I don't want to, like, you know, ruin any employment chances, even though I probably won't get the job because the <laughs> recruiter didn't reply. But, um, yeah, so um, one of our host spaces, they had gender-neutral bathrooms for the event. And um, 20 minutes before the event ended, they, like, took the gender-neutral signs down. The bathrooms went back to being gendered, which um, I thought... Now, part of me is, like, this is great that you, like, did this for our conference but another part of me is like you're here like recruiting us under like the guys that like you're really inclusive and your gender neutral bathroom sign like can't even stay up until like the like end of our conference which yeah. kind of like rubbed me a weird way rainbow capitalism you see it everywhere i guess so banks invented gay rights true so john what's up with you this week oh my god Yesterday was a whirlwind, Andreas, because so Five Foot Two, the Netflix documentary about Lady Gaga, came out at it was three p- three a.m. Eastern Standard Time because Netflix is based in California, which I just think that Pacific Standard Time is such bullshit. <laughs> um, and having grown up in the Eastern Standard Time zone, I have no patience for things that don't come out at midnight. But I stayed up until three a.m. and watched it. <laughs> Um, but then that same day, Gwen Stefani released, like, a surprise, maybe it wasn't a surprise, I just missed it, Christmas track. What? Featuring Blake Shelton, and it, it was overwhelming. And then also, Fergie dropped Double Duchess, the visual experience, which is her second solo album, 11 years after (laughs) Duchess originally came out. And I bought it on iTunes, the visual experience, but I haven't watched it yet because I'm a little nervous. Because oh some of the tracks she's been coming out with are not good. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm still a Fergie stan. But, but how was Five Foot Two? Five Foot Two, thank you. How many for stars? It back there. I don't know. I haven't thought too critically. I enjoyed it. So basically, Netflix has been like following Lady Gaga f- throughout the whole process of her creating her album Joanne. And then the kind of finale is her performing at the Super Bowl halftime. And so you're hypothetically seeing very intimate moments. There are times when, um, what is, she has fibromyalgia? I don't know, she has some, like, chronic pain disorder. And, like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. recording her, like, in the middle of, like, an episode. And, like, she's crying. And, like, you can tell she's in intense pain. So there definitely are, like, very intimate glances. But it also feels very carefully curated, which yeah. I don't blame her for, but... They should have like maybe hit it better to make. They didn't. They should have tricked me better into thinking I was seeing the real Gaga. But then I feel like it would be off-brand if we saw the real Gaga almost. You know, like she's so like. 
I feel like that's definitely her to like over edit. Yeah. And like keep things like to like a formula that she wants, I guess. Yeah. But I'm gonna give it a look. I, I wow, I really missed out on like a queer pop culture this weekend. Yeah, it was. And I'm not even going to talk about Gwen Stefani's new Christmas song <laughs> or that man that she's seeing. It's like so early for a country Christmas song. Yeah, it was literally the autumnal equinox and she's like, oh, let me drop a Christmas song. <laughs> Wrong season, sis. I think you were looking for the winter solstice. <laughs> a little too early. Oh, Andreas, I've been meaning to ask you because we should have asked you this before we let you be a host on this podcast, but we never did. Are you a bottom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you think that would, I thought that was like, like, that's obviously a prereq. So I mean, it's like, like, you know, but, like, sometimes yeah. you just got to really ask and get it out there. Yeah. I mean, you guys talked about, like, bottomhood, I remember, in the first episode that I listened to. <laughs> you talked about, like, you know, like, the cultural implications of bottomhood, you know. And that's a culture you identify with. Yeah, definitely. What is top culture? That's the thing. They don't there, have a culture. <laughs> like, there is none. Like, their culture is, like, the gym. <laughs> <laughs> And, like... I don't know, like, work. Our culture is, like, gay culture. Yeah. Like... That's so true. <sighs> like, top culture? I don't know. They, do, they don't have, like... Top culture is an unsolicited dick pic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know. Do they... I just don't know what they do. We need to get a top on here. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that curious. <laughs> I kind of like not know. I feel like I have a feeling we don't want to know what top culture is. We're living in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a top. Um, That's just so boring. Like imagine identifying as a top. Yeah. Like spiritually. Like you're like, that's me. Sounds boring. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> Do I, I know a top? A top, quote, quote? Like, like I know people who top. But I don't know a top. Right. Like... I was thinking this summer about, like, you know, there are, like, very easy metaphors or, like, comparisons of, like, bottoms are, like, like people would say, like, the woman, like, the receptive partner. And so I was, like, doing a little thought experiment on the bus this summer where I was, like, okay, well, like, if we're the women. And then I started thinking about, like, lesbian separatism. And I was, like, I believe in, like, a bottom utopia like, we don't need tops to please us. Like, we can please one another as bottoms and, like, cut them out of the narrative entirely. Wait, I love that. Like, I kind of... A bottom utopia. I'm here for it. Although I hate how it plays in the lesbian utopia. But, like, we can give it a different name. We'll work... This is, you know, yeah. a work in progress. Like, Check bottom, back in bottom land, weeks. like, I don't know. <laughs> sits on a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> So I will admit, I'll be the first to admit that I knew very little about Cardi B until Bodak Yellow. Um, and then I was listening to the New York Times podcast. They did like an hour long podcast about Cardi B. And I was so fascinated. I listened to both of her mixtapes. They're good. I realized, like, my famous saying, according to me, is like, imagine going to a party and pressing play on a male artist. Like, I just can't. <laughs> and I've, I've thought for a long time, like, why don't I connect with rap music? Like, maybe, I, maybe there's, like, some race issues that I need to work out. And then I realized, like, no, it's just because the only rap I'm exposed to is male rap. And I'm not interested in male artists generally. I love female rap. Like, it is, like, one of my favorite things ever. Have you ever listened? Like, um, not to distract from Cardi B because she's amazing. 
but like a little Kim album, like it slaps and like the themes just like, oh my god, it's so good. Like she has like she has a song called "Suck My Dick," literally just her saying, like someone saying, "Shut up and suck my dick," and she's like arguing with a guy as to why she shouldn't in the song, like. The theme is just like it's amazing, and it's like you'll never get that in like male rap, especially like new male rap. Like older rap, you can. NWA, NWA has a song called "Just Don't Bite It." It's exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like those themes, you like don't really find it today in a lot of like male rap, where it would be like, like it would like translate between like sexualities and genders as much, you know. Like I remember like reading a lot of stuff about her, just like how Little Kim like had to like hang with the boys so like little kim being like a more masculine presenting female rapper but still like a feminine sex appeal really just like gave way for people like Nicki minaj to be like f- like feminine with a feminine sex appeal in their rap from like the jump you know mm-hmm. yeah i just think female rappers are great cardi b everything that like she stands for her entire story like her like still shouting out to the bronx and talking about how she misses it and wants to go back shopping like she is everything that, like, the world needs but, like, doesn't deserve, I guess. <laughs> she <laughs> made me realize what I want to do after graduation, which is become a public figure. <laughs> 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 like, I'm willing to live a very modest lifestyle as long as that lifestyle is funded solely by, like, club appearances. <laughs> <laughs> you in the club just to party. I'm there. I get paid a fee. <laughs> Precisely. Um, so yeah, God bless her. The one, the, oh my gosh, I think it's the first mixtape ends with like an interview she gave on some radio show and she's like, they're like, any advice to blah, blah, blah. And she's like, be you, be you. If you want to be a hoe, be a hoe. If you want to be a teacher, be a teacher. If you want to be gay, be gay. And I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, her music never really resonates with me that much. Like, it's okay. Like, in t- like uh, especially her first mixtape. Her second one is a little better. But, like, just, like, her being, like, everything she, like, stands for and, like, her, like, social media presence and, like, the themes in her music, definitely just, like, I'm like, she's what we need. And we have her. We need we to cherish her. her. We do. Mm-hmm. All right. I see that a certain guest has walked into the studio so i guess we should wrap this up and yes. we'll be having nick joiner um lead us in a, a brief discussion um and then later on we're going to be talking to johanna mat navarro a dear friend and roommate about the misogyny of gay men all right so here we have nick joiner hi nick hello it's good to be here in silly faggot corner. <laughs> Nick aptly, I approached him and said, you know, last season we used to do consent or no. We're trying to replace it with new bits this season. And he aptly said, you're looking for a silly faggot intermission. And I said, yep. And you're just the silly faggot we need. Well, thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> what are you here for today? Um, I'm here to lead a discussion on <laughs> queer horror and why the gays just love to like ship like horror icons. So specifically, I'm talking about the Babadook is a well-established um, gay icon. Right, he, we know her. He lives in the closet. He likes hats. He hates the sunlight and children. Like these are all gay themes. We right. know these, but <laughs> we I were all in the same queer politics class together. Yes, we, yes, we, we were. were. We, this yeah. we this lines up well with the themes with the we readings. discussed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
And I guess there's been a recent internet phenomenon that's been shipping the Babadook with Pennywise the Clown. So how do From we feel it. about this? Is this a balanced, good relationship? Like, like, what are our thoughts? Can we, can you go in a little bit, like, the history? Because it was always very confusing to me, yes. the Babadook. It was, like, during Pride this year? Yeah, it was, like... I think someone just wanted to make a joke out of it, so they started like editing the Baba Duck and like Drag Race. They're making memes like, like yes, I'm Baba Shook, <laughs> like shit like that. He was in like a rainbow flag, and they were like, yeah, like he's coming out of the closet for Pride. So we, the gays embraced him naturally. Like we love icons, and so I think the gays embraced Pennywise because like Pennywise also hates children, and I think the gays hate children right. because they just as they we learned they can't is, make them on their own. There is no space for children in queer temporality. There, there really isn't. Um, yeah. Uh, that's a promo for um, No Future by Lee Edelman. Pick it, <laughs> pick it up. It's why the gays hate the figure of the child. Um, I didn't read that article, but I remember discussing it in class. Um, so thank you. So. I hope um, Gian Vaccaro isn't listening because John deserves to fail now. Um, <laughs> Love her. But yeah, so Pennywise is like basically like a gay makeup artist. Like <laughs> he's like got the lip liner. He's got like the the buck teeth. He's got that little thing. Like I always see gays in the club like doing that little like triangle under their eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. He's basically looking snatched, like wearing like red and white. Like he's very th- like he knows what he's doing, and he lives in the sewer. Which, if you think about the sewer, like that's like a closet of its own. Right. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> I think it was just a natural like yes. Right. Like, I don't know how the gays feel about clowns. I would have to, like, take, like, I would have to ask Pew Research for, like, (laughs) their survey polls on, like, gay clowns. Um, Well, but I just think, I think, and I've seen a lot of stuff that people think the Babadook is, like, a dom top. And, like, (laughs) and Pennywise is, like, a little pig bottom. So, (laughs) I'm really interested in, like, fleshing out these themes more. And this is also a call to arms for, like, the hentai community. Because, like, I want to see these videos. Because, like... Like, I think is there it, not there was already hentai? There was a lot. In There's that. not, not for the Babadook and Pennywise. It's fairly okay. fresh. Wow. I think they okay. need a lot more time to like make these animations. That's no true. Like, fanfics yet? No fanfics. Oh no. Well, there's been like fanfic like, mm, I want Pennywise to dominate me, like shit like that. But that's like human Pennywise. I don't want that. Like, right. I want like inter horror porn. So, yeah. so I'm not totally. I saw the the new it, mm. um, and then I signed up for Audible so I could get. A free credit for the It audiobook, so I started that. Did you listen to it? I'm well. It's like 45 hours okay, long, so I'm, I I'm on my love way. the It book. It's crazy, and I think that's why it's like gay. Like they go to another dimension. There's like a turtle. Um, don't spoil, please. There's a gay hate crime. Yeah, hit. that's what I was gonna oh. say. That's literally, and that better be in the second movie. If they don't like, I literally was reading that as a 13 year old, and they like killed a gay boy, and I was like, Woo! and like so. Well, that's why I question. When I heard that is when I really started to question Pennywise's gay icon status. See, because he just... Because he, he just murdered a gay man. Well, I'm pretty sure, if I'm remembering correctly, he, like, watches two other people kill a gay man. He, wash it, he watches them brutalize the gay man. Oh, but then he finishes the job. And then the they throw him into the canal, mm. and he, like, kills him. Well, oh. then, that's gay on gay crime. That is. And that's another discussion. Crime. 
I think that everyone should just go and read up on this. It's important. Yeah, read it. It's read crazy. It, There's a child orgy in it. Don't they, spoil this for me. Oh they God. cut it out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read and watch because I'm really interested now. Wait, will I be scared? Like the book. The book is kind of scary. I had trouble falling asleep last night because I'm like in this mix of I watched half the Babadook right before bed, and I've also been listening to it. So like I was like kind of waking up, and I was like. Pennywise is over here. Babadook's over here. They fucking. But it wa- it wasn't <laughs> sexy in my like nightmares. But oh I hope god. it is tonight. Well, maybe you have a sex dream tonight. <laughs> oh my god! Stay tuned. Legendary Thrusty. Well, thank you. This has been a sufficient dose of silly faggotry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Nick. you for entering my corner. <laughs> <laughs> So we have Johanna Mat Navarro here, and today we're going to be talking about the misogyny of gay men. Welcome, Johanna. Thanks, John. Um, so just to start off question, is it possible, physiologically speaking, <laughs> for gay men to be misogynists? What a question. I guess the question I would ask you is, are gay men cis men? Mm. Hmm. In so many nice. cases, yeah. I I would argue that as well. Um, And that kind of answers it for you, (laughs) where I think a lot of the time, um, the, I guess the queerness of cis men can kind of excuse their misogyny. And so it becomes less visible to them and to many people around them. Um, But the answer is yes, because they still benefit from patriarchy in a lot of ways. (laughs) I guess, like, what are some instances that you have seen, like, gay men being misogynist or, like, that you have been, like, victimized by, like, gay men's misogyny, if you're cool sharing that stuff? Um, Yeah, I think that can look like a lot of different things, um, which is why it's also kind of complicated to look at, uh, like, as, like, one sum of misogyny. Um, I think I see gay men a lot um, using gendered slurs that are, like, not meant for them, like, saying bitch a lot, saying, um, saying cunt. So, like, being pretty comfortable saying words like that, that I think some women feel okay with that. I personally think that's super shitty and, like, very boring. Do you think that you mentioned some women are okay with that? Do you think that that is kind of, um... Like, do you think they're thoughtfully okay with that, or they just have never questioned it? Like, are there arguments, do you think, that those women would have as to why they're comfortable with gay men using gendered slurs? I mean, I guess the best argument I can think of is that they know that particular person very well um, and have, like, said that it's okay for them to say that in whatever space they're in. Um, I would say frequently it's not a thoughtful okay. Um, but again, I'm I'm just speaking from my own preferences, and I, like women have, like, lots of different, or, yeah, preferences for what they're okay with and what they're not okay with, and I don't necessarily want to police that, even though I personally don't see any thoughtful reason (laughs) that I know of to warrant that. For the record, when I'm listening to Lady Gaga's Grigio Girls, (laughs) and she uses the B word, (laughs) if I ask at the beginning of the song, can I please say it just that once? (laughs) Well, John, are you an ally? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, also, John's always um, policing everyone when 212 comes on by Zillian Banks, <laughs> shouting at the after affair. You can't say the C word if you're a man, basically. Yeah. To be clear, this is, I get this directly from Johanna. 
<laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love this. This is not something that I thought about so much before we were friends. Wow. Thanks, Johanna, for doing that. <laughs> she is <laughs> sipping that tea. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for, well, I didn't, I didn't like think of that either. So yeah. Like. And yeah, again, this is my preference, which I guess I'm discounting my own lived experience, but look at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doing everyone's work for them. Um, I guess, or the other instance of misogyny that I wanted to talk about um, to answer the, the original question um, is also oftentimes seeing gay cis men um, feeling entitled to commenting about women's bodies, like touching women's bodies, um, or even like one time a dude at Pride when I was with John, um, like was like, I forget exactly what he said, but do you do you remember? To quote him, so we were both <laughs> we were both wearing like I had a fishnet top. Johanna's was like a sheer kind of see through top, and we had pasties. And I think his quote was something like, "Like, damn, those are beautiful titties. Like, I don't even like titties, but you have beautiful titties." <laughs> oh my god! And like, who asked you? Like, I know I'm like super beautiful <laughs> and like fun. <laughs> um, and like, I guess that. I didn't think it was pleasant. I wasn't, like, super hurt by it, but it, I thought it was super revealing that, like, this is not the first time that this person has said that about somebody, and it probably started in, like, a much smaller way, like, seeing that it was, like, cool to, like, criticize, like, uh, like a celebrity's, like, weight gain or, like, doing whatever, and then it kind of, like, turns into him, like, feeling very entitled to just kind of, like, throwing out those things. Um, yeah, so I think that... In particular, yeah, it just kind of shows, like, a sense of, like, ownership over their own spaces and of, like, women, the spaces that women are in as well. No one complimented my body that day. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, John. Thank you, thank you. I definitely, like, if I'm out in the neighborhood, catch myself, especially if there's, like, a group of all women, because there's, like, the stereotype of, like, the bachelorette party at a gay bar, so I definitely catch myself, like, being like, mm-hmm. what are y'all doing here? And I have to be like, I don't know what they're doing here. It's not for me to question what they're doing here. Like, you know when it's a bachelorette party. <laughs> and that's a separate issue. You'll see, like, the penis rings and the pink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just, like, cool-ish, I, I yeah, I love that. Yeah. Love all of it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that is also a good point where, like, you do see particularly straight women coming into queer spaces also feeling a different kind of ownership um which i think maybe is the reverse of like the way you mentioned earlier about gay men tending to or some gay men having a lot of female friends um where they kind of they're like hey girl like you know like like things that are just like okay like (laughs) why are you doing that um so yeah i think that's super fair um, but yeah, like, like you're saying, like, I think a lot of the times people kind of use those like singular instances of like women, like overstepping in those spaces and apply that to all women. And I think sometimes I even see it as an excuse where it's like, actually, you just don't really like women in yeah. <laughs> interpersonally. And then you're blaming it on like some straight woman, like being shitty, but that's just my hypothesis and I have not backed that up. So <laughs> <laughs> LMK, if that's bad. <laughs> Um, this reminds me of an article this summer that was in Out Magazine, um, talking about, it was basically like gay men stop, it was, what's the headline? So the headline of the article is, Dear Gay Men, Stop Telling Women They Can't Be in Gay Bars. And it's a very short, but 
like, very pointed letter basically saying, like, hey, like, women have every right to be in a gay bar. Like, stop saying that all of them are in a bachelorette party and they're annoying. Like, what's actually happening is you're, like, being very misogynist towards women, saying that, like, they can't be in these spaces because you have this certain idea of what they're trying to do in this space. And you have a certain idea of what you're trying to do in this space, but there really may be no overlap between what, like, both parties want from, like, their night out at, like, a gay bar, you know? And, um, yeah, I like the article. It was short, but it got a point out there. I don't know. I love bringing, like, straight girlfriends to, like, gay spaces sometimes. I think it's, like, fun because, like, first of all, like, sometimes, like, if you're, like, in a new place, sometimes you may not have queer friends at first. So it's, like, I want to go to a space that feels, like, fun and safer, but I also want to bring people that make me feel fun and safer as well, you know? Yeah. I do remember, I think it was on Facebook, seeing a video. It was, like, like one of those, like, joke fun videos. And it was, like, I, I forget the theme of it, but one of, it was one of, like, the scenes was, like, when you, you like, with your, like, straight, like, girlfriends, like, this is a man, a gay man. Like, me, like, with my girlfriends, like, outside of the club and then inside of the club and outside, it's, like, they're all, like, friends. They're all, like, having fun, whatever. And then on the inside, it's, like, like, the shots were, like, the dude, like, literally, like, pushing over, like, 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 physically, like, <laughs> doing things to, like, their, like, friends in, like, a way that was supposed to be humorous, but I thought it was, like, pretty fucked. Yeah. Um, I think I saw this meme. Yeah, it was, like, not great. Did not like it. No. There was some good t- Twitter discourse on it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that Twitter discourse. <laughs> yeah. I have a, an anecdote that kind of is what made me start thinking more in earnest about these topics is at DC Pride this summer, I was with a former friend of the show, Cody Smith, (laughs) consenter now. Current enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we were watching Tinashe open for uh, Molly Cyrus. What's her name? (laughs) I I don't know. Molly. (laughs) Miley. Um, Molly Cyrus? (laughs) And I was looking around and like the area we were in watching Tinashe was like felt almost exclusively like gay cis men. And Cody and I were like going in for Tinashe and no one around us like was singing along. And I was like, oh my God, these faggots are here for Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was just like, why? That's embarrassing. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. And I was just like, why am I so like uncomfortable in this crowd right now? Like this is pride, Tinashe's on. And it hit me like, it's because they're men. Like, <laughs> and, like, not discounting the fact that I am also a man, but, like... Everyone can be oppressed by men. <laughs> True. Cis men, l- lest we forget. <laughs> like, that was just a moment where I was like, wow, even when they're gay, <laughs> they're bad. <laughs> True. I hope everyone learned something from this conversation. <laughs> I did. I did. I learned uh, quite a bit. Thanks to the labor of... Johanna, <laughs> comma, a woman. Uncompensated labor. <laughs> My favorite kind. <laughs> I have another comment. Hit us. Um, that I, we talked about this earlier, but I think, like, women in it can sometimes not feel welcome in, or queer women can sometimes not feel welcome in queer spaces. Um, and that sucks, number one. Number two is I think that gay men can do a lot 
and have a lot of power in that space to make them feel more welcome. Um, and I remember even like when I first started going to queer events, like John was really helpful in kind of like going with me to things and like letting me know what was going. Like it, it was like very like small gestures that were like very helpful. Um, and so I think a lot of things like that can be very nice. And I would just say that in addition to learning, what I'm sure just blew your goddamn mind, <laughs> 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 there are also like super actionable ways um, to both call out um, other gay men you see doing shitty things and make and taking steps to be more inclusive to non-gay cis men. Um, and I think that will take a lot of labor on your part sometimes, but guess what? <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I'm down for it. From your mouth to the ears of gay cis men everywhere. <laughs> Thanks, Johanna. Thanks for listening to Bottoms on Top with myself, John Holmes, and my co-host, Andreas Pavlou. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. We record in the Wexler Recording Studio at Kelly Writer's House, and we want to give a special thanks to The Daily Pennsylvanian, our producer Joyce Varma, and Andrew Ellis, who provides our theme music. You can find him on SoundCloud as Dummy Fresh. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or conspiracy theories, feel free to email us at podcasts at thedp.com. We'll see y'all in two weeks.